Yeah. Okay, cool. Hold on. Let's go! Herder lights it up. Newgarden pulls out. Here comes Pelot on the inside. Watching Pelot and Award in row two there, side by side. Pelot will have the advantage. Does Award try to hang on and ride the outside? He told Kevin Lee, I just got to hang in there. I just got to hang in there. There's Kirkwood. a spinner. Kirkwood. Oh, Kirkwood around. No grip on the outside of turn one, and Kirkwood oh, just learned that Kirkwood. lesson. They're going to leave it green for now. Let some of this racing play out. Lots of side-by-side -side action. We've heard the drivers talk about how bad it is offline. Let's see what happens with this huge draft down to turn five. That's Santino Ferrucci, I think, getting forced off the track. He was looking to make a move on. That was Pato Award that got shuffled all the way back to six. And how about Devlin DeFrancesco moving his way up there in that blue and pink car? Nice work. This is what happened on board. Oh, he gets into the back of Pato Award. That's why Pato lost so many spots. Marcus Armstrong, we hadn't talked about him, up from eighth to third. Now he's all over the back of his teammate, Alex Pelot, in the white and blue car. You see the green car of wow. Armstrong to the outside. What a run. Yeah, Pelot's not letting him get through that easily. Newgarden and then Rossi. Devlin DeFrancesco really doing well here today. Push to pass is active. He's going to try to go the long way. It's not likely to work. Joseph Newgarden elbows out, pushes wow. him off the track completely. Hip wow. check. Looks like turn three, Felix Rosenquist, maybe? Still running, no damage seemingly to his race car. Let's take a look again at Felix uh -oh. Rosenquist. Marinas VK on the inside, boom. Oh. This is the Grosjean, the Delaware Life Honda. That looks like turn three again. Uh -oh. oh, he dropped his left rear right into the grass on approach. Unforced error, nobody else around. All right, get ready, let's go. Who's off track? It's Jack, Jack Harvey. Harvey. And is he, oh, wow. Yeah, just, man, once you got offline there, there's a little bit of contact with the car ahead. Newgarden got grabbed second and contact with the championship leader. Wow, I did not see that run coming. Great save, though, from the number 10. are underway and Alex Pelot comes in and will just barely beat Joseph Newgarden out. Then it's Colton Herta coming up third. Colton Herta is one that just put the alternates on. This was the conversation with his pit box as he makes a move on Alex Pelot here about making the res last. And how many laps do I need to make these res last? 14, 14. Oh, okay. 14 <laughs> minimum. Alternates coming off for Colton Last set of sticker primary firestones going on. Shell fuel in. We'll see where Herta blends in. Below the race off. Newgarden. Where's Herta? Here he comes at speed. And it's going to be into turn one between the Spaniard and the Californian. How like that? And Colton Herta stays ahead. This is going to get sketchy here, guys. Oh, Whoa! boy. Lungard gets pushed way wide. We get a replay. Oh, the closing rate. Insane. You learn a lot about the bravery of Christian Lungard right there, didn't you? No pressure behind. 2.4 back. Oh, pressure at the front, though, is below. Presses forward. And there he does it on Here the outside. Go. How about that? Nice move, Alex Pelot, the American Legion Honda, in the lead of the Soncio Grand Prix. Beautiful stuff. As Newgarden gets a run on Herta. Yeah, and unfortunately, Colton Herta cannot fight. Oh. He cannot defend. He's simply trying to nurse this Gainbridge Honda to the end. Here comes Pato Award up the inside and will take over third place from Colton Herta. Shocking. Colton Herta's going to have a trouble finishing in the top five as Scott Dixon's going to pass him going to turn three. And Alex Pelot wins again. Back-to-back -back races. He wins the Soncio Grand Prix. Woo! Thank you, boys. Thank you for those pit stops. Yeah! Yes! Chip Ganassi celebrates on the pit box. And his man is just dominant this season. Watch the Honda Indy 200 at Mid-Ohio. Sunday, July 2nd at 1.30 p.m. on USA Network.
And with that, welcome to the Push to Pass podcast, episode number 31, where uh, tonight, uh, as you see, uh, Josh is on a excursion, uh, on a uh, cruise, so I have the honor and pleasure of bringing on from uh, Fans Place, the amazing Fans Place app, and then uh, the the hot uh, Burnout Sports uh, uh, website as well. Uh, Tony Donahue is joining us, and, and Tony, you know, we were just uh, going through the uh, highlights this weekend of um, the the Grand Prix there at Road America. I know you were there. Uh, we were talking uh, before we came on, uh, and I'm sure we'll get into more of this as this unfolds. But uh, Alex Pillow right now, I think it's safe to say that he is in a, another stratosphere uh, when it comes to racing on the uh, NTT IndyCar series. Yeah, thanks for having me as always. Um, and we'll talk about how awesome of a place and facility that Road America is. But, uh, you, you know, you mentioned, is there anybody hotter? And this goes back to um, one of the more hotter streaks we've seen in the last probably 10 or 12 years. I think Scott Dixon in 2020 maybe competes with that. But, um, you know, this time last year, what were we talking about, Derek? We were talking about, is he going to go to McLaren? Is he going to Ganassi? What exactly is his contract going to look like? Now we're talking about how hot he is. Wins the Indy GP. Wins the pole. Um, as you mentioned off air, probably would have won the Indianapolis 500 if not for the fact that he got smacked by Renus VK in the pits. Dominates Detroit, and then late in that going on Sunday at Road America, uh, plays the strategy card right, pushes Colton to the edge, takes the lead, checks out. Um, you know, the, I'm not going to say that the points championship is all but wrapped up, but, I mean, he's got the definition of a stranglehold is what Alex Pillow has on it right now. Yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right. Obviously, you know, we still have a handful of races or so uh, left uh, to uh, to decide this. Uh, but a but a 72, I, I think, if uh, if my notes uh, serve me correctly, uh, 72 point lead, 74 point lead over uh, teammate uh, Marcus Erickson. And as you said, you know, think about this for a minute. The the role that Alex Pillow is on, and I think you have to feel for uh, Colton Herta, uh, strategy call there towards the end, or Colton Herta is is the one that uh, wins the race on Sunday. But uh, getting back to Alex Pillow uh, for a minute, you know he comes into the month of May, um, takes the um, Indy Grand Prix in dominating fashion. Uh, next, uh, takes the uh, pole for the Indianapolis 500. And if you remember correctly, he gets bumped late in the uh, pits. If he doesn't get bumped, he probably wins the 500, uh, comes back, uh, takes the pole in uh, Detroit, wins that in dominant fashion. And then, uh, you know, he just b- bought his time there on Sunday. And obviously the uh, the pit strategy, or not pit strategy, but uh, strategy mistake made by uh, Colton Hurtis' team. Uh, Alex Pillow's right there to pounce, and three of the last four wins uh, belong to Alex Pillow. He gets his seventh career victory, and shadowed to all this is, as a racing team as a whole, uh, Chip Canassi gets his 250th win there at Road America as well. Yeah, and I think – sorry, I'm trying to get my phone right here. I think the most impressive of the runs so far from Alex Pillow – and I don't know if he'll agree with me on this, is the is the Indianapolis 500 run. And, yes, it's the most disappointing of what's going on with the wins and with the pole. But the fact that he went to the back of the field, you know, it happened at the first caution, which was like, what, lap 91 or something? It was so late into those first 100 laps. Um, I think the most important, impressive run is him coming through the pack and finishing fourth in the Indianapolis 500, despite the fact that he was taken out in the pits and you think about how many drivers had problems whether it was Pato's crash whether it was the restart um the front straightaway wreck there was so much the kyle kirkwood accident there was so much chaos from third place on back that no matter where you were as long as it was third on back you were probably close to being caught up in something he survived all that finished fourth yes we're going to look at the wins yes we're going to look at the pole of the indianapolis 500 but if but I think that that run back to fourth place just shows how dominant of a car that he had. And like you said, he probably would have won that race if not being taken out. So um, it's been a hell of a run for Alex Pillow. Uh, you know, and you think about you go back to 2020 was his first 
Indy 500, if I'm not mistaken, the pandemic year where he wrecked running for Dale Coyne Racing. You knew that he had some talent. Nobody really ever heard of him, right? He comes over from Japan, Roger Yasukawa, former driver, brings him over, gets him to ride at Dale Coyne Racing. He showed some speed. I think he qualified ninth for that first Indy 500, if not mistaken, which is pretty impressive in a Dale Coyne car. Um, and then 2021 obviously rips off a couple wins, wins the championship last and should have won the 500. Maybe it was down to him and Elio last year. Um, I think there was a huge distraction going on, as, as we talked about all last summer, a huge distraction as far as, okay, where's he going to go? There's always McLaren rumors. He ends up winning the last race of the year, and that's kind of where this, this streak really started was winning at the end of last season um, at Laguna Seca, and it's it's been hot. Um, I'm not going to write the championship to him just yet because we know how good Joseph Newgarden is at places like Iowa where you have two races, Gateway where you have a race that he has been so good at lately. It's not quite wrapped up, but um, if Joseph is going to win this championship or even a Marcus Erickson, they're going to need help from Alex Pelot finishing outside of top 10. And so far, he hasn't done that all year. No, you're absolutely right. And, you know, have we seen and I know, you know, you're more of a historian uh, when it comes to to IndyCar, obviously, than I am. And I think you may have just referenced it. But have we seen a streak put together like uh, like Alex Pillow um, has put together these last handful of races? And, and you brought it up, too. I wonder if, you know, getting that, uh, you know, knowing that he was going to be with the Chip Canassi camp one more year. Um, if that kind of took that pressure, that uh, that monkey uh, off his back, and, and now he's just you know he's free and loose. Obviously, he he wants to be or he's going to be where he wants to be. Obviously, next year with uh, with Errol McLaren, uh, but uh, but for this year, um, you know, barring some type of driving mistake uh, between now and the handful of races we have left, uh, it's basically I, I think uh, championship wise, it's Alex Pelos to lose. Yeah, I'll take that that three different ways first. I'm still not convinced that Chip lets him go. If the say-all, be-all is that he wants to have a chance at Formula 1, which he may never get, how many drivers leave IndyCar to go to Formula 1? You just really don't see that as far as a full-time ride in Formula 1. So maybe that's not as realistic as he thinks it is. If he wants to scratch that itch of, I want to be a test driver, then maybe he can still do that. Chip Ganassi's got two major decisions to make. Does he take... What does he do with his champion of probably this year and his champion of 2021 and Alex Pillow, the hottest driver in the series? And what do you do with last year's Indianapolis 500 winner? Should have been this year's Indianapolis 500 winner, Marcus Erickson, who, by the way, is top three in points as well. Those are two major questions. And I'm not going to sit here and say that I know Chip, um, but from what I've seen, you just don't let talent like either of those two guys go, um, regardless of what else comes calling. So I still think Chip's going to have one one last swing for the fences when it comes to keeping Alex Pillow in that 10 car. Um, secondly, you, you talked about Polo going into his last year at Ganassi. The time that I spent with him, this is a stand-up guy. This is uh, an amazing talent, but an amazingly nice guy um, off the track. Seems to be very honest. That's why some of the stuff that happened last year kind of surprised me with which direction he's going to go. Um, and the third part of that is we talk about the streaks. Uh, the three that come to mind for me is 2020 with Scott Dixon. You remember, you know, it was kind of a condensed season and you really didn't have much practice. You basically showed up qualified, went out race. Dixon won the championship, was pretty dominant, winning it, winning. I think he won everything but the 500, basically, which he finished second and had the most dominant car. Uh, I go back to, I believe, 2001 or two, Sam Hornish Jr. It seemed like Hornish Jr. was ripping him off left and right. I believe it was 01 and 02. Um, he was winning, and if he wasn't winning, he was top three. Um, and then you go back to 1994 with Allinger Jr., who uh, in that Mercedes-Benz obviously won the Indianapolis 500, was on the pole, won Long Beach, won, I think, nine of the 16 races that season, if not mistaken. So it is certainly uh, one of the more impressive runs that we've seen over the last 30-plus years. Yeah, it, it absolutely is. And, and like we said, if this is uh, Alex Pillow's last year uh, with uh, with Chip Ganassi, uh, what a way to uh, go out and uh, add potentially uh, that uh, that second championship there uh, to uh, to the resume. Uh, before we get to uh, to the results, if you have not seen them yet, like you mentioned, uh, you were there all weekend. Kind of curious to get the uh, the the on the boots on the ground there. I know a great crowd. Uh, it seemed like uh, all weekend. 
at least by the um, you know Peacock's uh, uh, camera shots. Uh, but uh, you know, you were there. Uh, sights, sounds. What what did you gather from uh, from this weekend at Road America? How successful was this? Uh, it's it's. I mean, it's probably my third favorite track to go to. I mean, I love. I'm in love with St. Pete, but you look at. Um, Road America. I mean, it's a four mile track, right? So I was fortunate enough to have a golf cart. I have to walk the entire thing. The crowds were amazing. It's the third time in the Road America. That's the, that's the best crowd I've seen. There's just so many unique vantage points. I mean, they call it the, the you know, America's National Park of Speed, and that's what it is. It's a great racetrack. Um, you know, you can go around and look at, be it, you can be in the kink. You can go around the key, you know, the carousel where they, they're flying right by you. Um, I posted some pictures and videos on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. Uh, at Tony DND on Twitter, if you want to check it out, um, just how cool and how scenic it is. Um, people are camping, and I, I have some family, or I have some, I have some close friends in, in Wisconsin. And I always say, you know, Wisconsin's some of the nicest people in the world. And man, I'm telling you what, we had a blast. The, we were there Saturday and Sunday, had a few brats, uh, some spotted cow beer. It, it, it was a successful weekend. Um, and you know, the Sonsio, which I didn't know is, is like a car protection type of company uh they're that's their closest base for a race there were so many people walking around on their scott mclaughlin shirts so you love to see a sponsor um that yes it's in the penske house we know that so it's gonna it's gonna be top top of the line but it just reminded me of going to the races in the 90s where people got into the marlboro suite and had their marlboro t-shirts and hats on that's what this reminded me of uh it's a great race if you haven't been uh, you got to check it out. It's a lot of fun. There's so many things to uh, to check out. Um, it's a it's a super badass fast track, and you know you got to have a golf cart to go around and be able to see everything because there's just so many cool sight lines. Um, and it it was it was an awesome event. You had Road to Indy. You had Indy Next. Um, you had Indy Vintage. It was a nonstop weekend of action. So um, yeah, I, I I can't I can't think of a track that I would recommend more highly than going to check out a race at Road America. Yeah. Uh, Tony, another driver I, I want to talk about uh, as well, um, and he was my pick uh, to not only win the 500, which he came up about eight laps short of that, uh, but he was also my pick to win the uh, points championship this year, and and I may have to eat some crow for that. Is is Pato Award? You know, as much of a fan favorite uh, Pato Award is, and and. And he may be a, he may be, you know what he could be turning into. And again, you may strongly disagree with this. I know your strong ties to NASCAR. He may be turning into potentially with some, the Kyle Bush of, uh, of IndyCar. Cause I know he is definitely rubbing uh, ex- some people uh, the wrong way. I know uh, Scott Dixon uh, comes to mind uh, for one, but Pato award right now to me, Tony, and, and I want to get your take on this as well. He can't seem to get he, – he is his own worst enemy. He can't seem to get out of his own way. Yeah. Um, you know, you're right. The move at Indy, I thought, was – a nobody had passed all day in turn three, which is where I sat. Um, I thought the move was late going into three, and I thought it was a desperate move with eight laps to go. And I know the flip side of that is you say, well, what if what if that's the only chance he got? Or But – I thought that, you know, everybody had passed all day in turn one and turn two. We saw in the last lap when New Garden got Erickson, Erickson was not going to get in between three and four. We didn't see a lot of passes there outside of restarts, and even that was few and far between. We also have to remember that Pato Award is 22 years old. Uh, he is a driver that still has so many years ahead of him, um, you know, but these mistakes continue to pop up and be made. Um, there's probably some pressure. Um, with, you know, pretty much the entire weight of Mexico on his back, right? And you're on one of the most popular teams with, with Aaron McLaren. Rossi joins the fold this year. Uh, we know he's very close to Felix Rosenquist. Um, you know, mistakes are going to be made, but his mistakes seem to come. Um, and, and, and he made mistakes this past weekend and still finished on the podium. So, uh, you know, you, you can say, well, you know, these mistakes are occurring, but he did still finish on the podium and he does have a race win this year. Um, it's still learning for him, but again, he's 22 years old, man. It's, it's, it's hard to, he's, he's very much like Russell Westbrook, right? You've got a guy in Russell Westbrook in his prime who goes, 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 goes. And it's hard to rein him back in. I'd rather have a driver. I'd rather have somebody that can hop on and do it. Hey, hold on. 
Hey, real quick, we're doing an IndyCar podcast. Here's your race winner and back-to-back winner and now points leader of Indy Next. Yes. Nolan Siegel. Hello, hello. Tell them your social media channels. Uh, It's Nolan Siegel on Instagram. Uh, Actually, it's Nolan Siegel on everything. There we go. There you go. Back-to-back in a row. Yeah. It should have been three in a row. So there we go. Nolan, Nolan, before before you leave – He's got it, Nolan. Before you leave, uh, got con- congratulations uh, on it. Okay, yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, congratulations to him for the uh, strong weekend uh, that uh, that he has had. Uh, he had this weekend in the strong season, obviously that he has uh, has had as well. But uh, but yes, uh, you know, obviously you said you know Pato Award only being twenty two. You know he does have uh, obviously some more room, I think, to mature. Um, yep. But uh, having Alexander Rossi, as you said, right there in the fold, I think is definitely going to uh, help Pato take that big step next uh, to uh, to maturing because, you know, he's right there. Obviously, that whole team uh, is right there. They are competing, uh, believe it or not, uh, with with the the big boys, uh, you know, Penske and Chip Ganassi uh, week after well, week. And, and Pato's not shy uh, talking yeah. about that, that they are right there knocking on the door. Let, let me stop you right there and I'll ask you this. You know, everybody wants to have this big three in IndyCar, and it's always going to be Penske, Ganassi, one, two. Um, McLaren with a win this year, Andretti with a win this year. I think McLaren is currently third in that big three type of scenario uh, when it comes to uh, the the powerhouse teams, right? I mean, and Kirkwood is having an okay year. Uh, Mike and I will talk about this, I'm sure, when he hops on. Uh, he just bounces it off the wall a little bit too much, and we saw that on uh, on Sunday. He recovered for a ninth place finish, but 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 I think you would agree with me, Derek. I think Aaron McLaren is third right now in a stable of the top tier teams in IndyCar. I think Derek has frozen up. Derek, are you still there? Yeah, I think you're. I think you're absolutely right, uh, Tony. That uh, you know, if you want to expand that to three, I think McLaren is, is right there. Uh, they are on on the doorstep, and I do see what uh, what you were talking about. And uh, let's bring you know uh, Mike into this uh, as well. I know he's a little early, uh, but a interesting prediction, uh, Mike, that uh, that you just threw up there. Uh, tell everyone about what uh, what you just posted. Oh, I said uh, you guys are talking about an award, and you also mentioned Kirkwood, which that 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 transitions nicely because he's the he's the dummy that ran into the back of an award on lap one and and screwed up awards race. I I got give me an award to win Mid Ohio. He could have he should have beat McLaughlin last year. If I recall, like his car kept cutting out of power, um, or else he had a pretty dominant car there at Mid Ohio, and it was. You know, everything like award has these like these little gremlin things like you can't overreact to them like should have won st pete that's another one i'm, I'm, I'm financially bitter about because uh, tony said next to me there when when he had that plethrum or whatever the car hiccup down the straightaway and then there went erickson so uh yeah i i made the i i'm definitely going to be looking at award and i'm happy to take you know if we're going if we're going to you know transition a little bit to some betting talk like give me Let's let Award back up his odds a little bit. You know, Pelot will be the favorite. Newgarden will be after that. Uh, you know, buy low, sell high. Uh, give me Award at you know maybe nine to one, ten to one, something like that at Mid Ohio, um, just based on the you know the the poor results lately. I mean, he did still podium this last race, um, which was awesome. Um, but yeah, Award's a guy I'll be staring after the next race to bet for sure. Yeah, Mike, I'm with you. Uh, you know, Pato. Somebody yeah, else- it's, it does seem like you know a award. Go ahead, go ahead, Tony. Yeah, Mike, I'm with you on that, and also another guy that I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do in Mid Ohio. Certainly, a top three bet would be Scott Dixon. I mean, we're we're almost halfway through the season, and Scott Dixon doesn't have a win. Uh, he's made some uncharacteristic mistakes. We obviously saw that come to fruition um, last weekend at Road America. But I think Scott Dixon and Will Power are two guys that are chomping at the bits. They've had, they've had for, for, for their standards, frustrating seasons. Um, and I think that Dixon is going to be somebody who has been the king of, of Mid-Ohio, as we know. I mean, he's won, more, he's won there more than any track that he's, that he's been on. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing Scott Dixon. I think we could see Dixon uh, award right there as well 
as as Mike mentioned, Palo is going to be your favorite. Uh, and we'll be interested to see how Will Power bounces back um, after a couple couple weekends of frustrations. I know he was on the podium back at Detroit, but uh, they did not have the month of May that I think that that twelve car is capable of having. Yeah, dude, what's been crazy about Power is his qualifying. Like, uh, I think I think I don't think he's made a fast six. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, that's mm-hmm. that's not that's uncharacteristic. Like, the king, he's got the pole record. Uh, he's the king and he's just not put in starting spots. And he did that to himself at mid Ohio last year too. Uh, he started in the back, he spun on lap one and then he came all the way back to podium. Uh, so he's a guy who'll keep an eye out, uh, at mid Ohio, him and Dixon. Yeah. Mid Ohio is, you know, kind of a tire fuel saver course. The old guys are good at that. Uh, but Pelot is going to be fast. Award's going to be fast. Like it's tough. It's a good track for Erickson too. Um, yeah, I'm with you. Like talking about the tears. I was, it's funny that you brought that up. I was, I was talking to my kid about that today and we were watching the final episode of the hundred days to Indy. We were finally getting around to doing that. And, uh, I, the way I explained it was Ganassi and, and Penske are the tier one teams and McLaren's like the tier one and a half team, uh, you know, like right, right there. And then you got, you know, then you got Andretti's the tier two and then the tier three teams are all your little, your little guys. So, um, which Ray Hall is now a part of, I would, I would say so. Um, in that so mclaren's knocking on the door of ganassi and penske they're they're quick awards kind of the last you know he's definitely you know rosenquist is a great qualifier can't really do it during the race as we've seen he just falls back and, and rossi's rossi he's a he's he's just consistent he just something always seems to happen like if there was ever a track he was going to rent it should have been road america rossi was you know somebody i had my eye on he was super fast and super fast on the practices and then race time comes and he just didn't he just didn't move forward. He just moves kind of either doesn't move during the race or moves backwards. So, yeah. you know, it's hard to, it's hard to like, you know, Rossi's kind of like the, you know, he's, he's like a Rory McIlroy golf. He just can't close it out on Sundays. Looking at uh, the uh, the results here that are up on screen, and I'll go through these real quick, and, and I'm curious to hear from both of you if, if somebody jumps out uh, from uh, from Sunday that you didn't expect to finish uh, where they did. Uh, obviously, uh, Alex Pillow was your race winner. Uh, Joseph Newgarden, Pato Award, Scott Dixon, Colton Hurdle, your top five. Then Marcus Erickson. Christian Lungard, uh, Scott McLaughlin, Kyle Kirkwood, Alexander Rossi round out your top 10. Uh, then it was Graham Rahal, Renus VK, Will Power, Simon Pagano, Elio Castroneves, uh, Santino Ferrucci, Ryan Hunter-Ray. Obviously, keep in mind uh, being uh, his uh, first time uh, this year at uh, a course outside of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Uh, I thought uh, Ryan Hunter-Ray did a, a tremendous job in that number 20 bit Nile Chevrolet. And I know, uh, Tony, it's probably tough uh, hearing uh, the news about uh, you know a friend of yours, obviously uh, Connor Daly. We can talk more about that as well. Uh, Callum Eilat, uh Augustine Campino, and uh, Felix Rosenquist ran out the top twenty. Then it was Benjamin Peterson, uh, Stingray Rob, Devlin D. Francesca, Marcus Erickson, Roman Grosjean, who continues to uh, struggle mightily uh, for uh, Andretti Autosport. Uh, Jack Harvey and David Malukas uh, round out. Um, the uh, the rest of the group there uh anyone jumps out at you either one of you uh on their uh, finish uh, this past sunday yeah uh, a couple guys for me um was 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 and it's mostly like disappointing weekends um i thought lungard had a really good weekend finishing where he did um i was disappointed as you mentioned with the results from alexander rossi dominating most of the uh dominating most of the practice sessions qualifying inside of that first two rows um a couple other disappointing finishes for me um uh, was marcus armstrong he had a good run going marcus armstrong had a had a great day he was up to second into that first restart uh, some of the strategy kind of messed up he found himself off course um can't believe i'm saying this but simon pagino finishing 13th i think is his best finish of the season um, so I guess kudos for that, but if he knew that I was giving him kudos for finishing 13th, he'd probably tell me to shut my mouth. So I really don't want to do that. Um, but yeah, I, I, and you know, Kirk would to recover. I mean, yeah, he had a fast car. We knew that, uh, made that mistake going in the one right in front of me, spins it out. Uh, but the bounce back for ninth, I thought was a good day, but, but mostly, you know, Colton dominating race car finishes fifth. That's disappointing. Alexander Rossi dominating weekend finishes 10th. That was disappointing. 
Um, and then, yeah, Marcus Armstrong, I thought this was going to be a good weekend for him. Maybe, you know, he's, he's had decent results for a rookie, right? He's still way ahead in the rookie points, even though he's missed uh, the, the Oval of Texas and the Oval of Indianapolis, but uh, was a little bit disappointed by, by that result. Um, and Roman Grosjean is just in his own head. I mean, the mistakes just keep coming. And it's not just one mistake. It's two to three mistakes in a weekend. And look, dude, you're in your third year. You're at Andretti Autosport. You should like you should be having a handle on these tracks. It just continues to be a magnet to the wall, and that's going to have to change. Or there's going to be some some direction that they're going to have to look at in Andretti Autosport here over the next couple of months. Yeah, and I I agree uh, with everything Tony just said. Is is Grosjean like I'm I'm off the Grosjean train. Like I I accidentally fell on it for a week and I got burned, and I'm. Uh, I'm not going to get on that train again, you know, after he had, he, he started off the year hot. He's just back to his old self. So, uh, uh, but I'll tell you, man, the most exciting thing on that board, uh, I, I did a, tw- I, I put a tweet out about this and it is Marcus finishing ahead of Kristen Vongard. That was the most exciting, like that is all I sat there and stared at for that race, uh, watching the time they weren't on the TV, but like there was a matchup bet um, that I put out there um that i put erickson over lungard um was the bet and uh and it got some steam and there was uh it that the odds flipped on it so a lot of people were on it i got a lot of messages about it a lot of the betting community for indycar a lot of the guys that bet f1 that were on the indycar race prior you know getting ready for their race uh there was a lot of people on this bet um and and man did it pay uh was it exciting it was everything that i try to explain to people about how uh sports betting can make a race more enjoyable more more of a sweat um but those guys went back and forth the entire race there was a point where erickson was like 10 places down on lung guard then there was a point where erickson was firmly ahead on lung guard and then all of a sudden you get to the end of the race and they are next to each other uh and lung guard was in the same position as herda he was out of push to pass he was saving fuel and you just saw him falling you saw the gap i believe it was a six second gap and it went to five four and i'm like nine laps left i'm like oh thank god this is a long track uh and erickson passed him i believe with four laps to go or so four or five laps to go uh and then he just gapped him from there that was the most exciting part of that race um you know i was happy that uh i faded herda so as i, I you know i thought that was going to burn me and then at the end of that race when everybody just went by him one two three uh for me that was a podium sweep i had all three guys in the podium uh so uh it was a track that i didn't have a, i was kind of a little hesitant i was texting tony i'm like well, i don't know who to bet on this track with this new pavement or what's going down um i did mention early in the week i'm like hey pillows i said pillow and award for my two guys uh so i was on them both to win um had top threes for pillow had top threes for herda had top threes for new garden so uh as herda backed himself off that was super exciting to watch that happen from a betting perspective but yeah, man, the, the most exciting thing by far was Erickson finishing uh, one spot ahead of Lungard. And you had to kind of watch it. Uh, you, you didn't see the cars on track because they weren't showing them on the race. They, you just had to watch the timeline and you had to watch them come across. And that was a, that was a big matchup win um, from a betting perspective. So uh, yeah, exciting race for that. I don't, know, I don't know if you got my text on that uh, because Road America, you are so out in the middle of nowhere that it's hard to get any kind of cell service. And I, I – I was standing there watching the big screen right by victory circles. It was one of the only spots of the track I had service. And I, I, I was following Erickson and following Lungard all day. And Lungard was two to three spots ahead of him throughout most of that race. And then with like three to go, I don't know if you got my text, Mike, or if it came delayed. I said, I said, Erickson just passed Lungard. And I was like, man, like that was down to the wire. Cause I, we texted back and forth and I'm pretty sure it was minus minus one twenty um, for Erickson to beat him. And Lungard had a great weekend. I mean, one of the better weekends that they've had. And Erickson got him by one spot. So that's why IndyCar needs to embrace more sports prediction apps, like the fan place maybe, uh, or betting on it more. Because, you know, even even if it's like NBA, you can bet, you can bet quarters, right? You can bet different um, scenarios. You can, you know, you have some interest at game within the game. Now you have some kind of race between the race that makes you watch it all the way down to the wire of those two if those two, it's kind of like having a square board for like the, the NCAA tournament games. 
Like if Villanova is up 30 points on the 16 seed, you don't really care about the end of the game. You just want to see what numbers it lands on. And you're watching for that matchup. And it just it just makes it that much more enjoyable th- throughout the entire race, all the way down to the last, as we saw on Sunday, the last three laps. Uh, Tony, I'm going to have you talk about uh, that that app that you just gave a shameless plug for uh, here in a little bit. But uh, two things uh, that, that come to mind uh, when the conversation between you and uh, Mike. First, uh, you were talking about Roman Grosjean. And we've seen here within the last two weeks, um, you know, Connor Daly and, and Ed Carpenter racing parting ways because of, as it was said, lack of success. Now, if you're Michael Andretti, when does that leash on, on Roman Grosjean uh, get to its final strand because you could really say, you know, as you said, Roman Grosjean has been there for three years and lack of success. So when does that leash come? And then two, I know you were there Saturday and Sunday. Uh, what did you hear about the new pavement? I know that's something we didn't touch on, uh, but for people that didn't know Road America, new pavement, uh, obviously it showed at practice on Friday, uh, but uh, how did the drivers uh, adapt to that as well? Yeah, I think that it, 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 at some point of the racetrack gave them a, a false sense of confidence where, you know, you were going way faster and you were pushing that limit. And how many runoffs did we see of guys stuffing it in the kitty litter or guys stuffing it in the tires? And that's why Mike and I, you know, we, we kind of took a, a, a pretty cautious approach to betting this past weekend because you just didn't. It could have been anybody. I mean, we saw Kirkwood make the mistake going into turn one, spins it around. We saw Grosjean. We saw Will Power cut the grass. We saw so many different drivers from, you know, the top five down all the way to the back of the pack with the runoff. So I think I think it gave them a false sense of confidence there um, early on. And, and in the race, you, you, you're a lot faster. You know, all weekend we talked about, um, you know, how fast this track's going to be and will they break, break Dario Franchitti's pole record. They didn't. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it gave them a lot more, um, a lot more room to be aggressive. And sometimes that can come back to buck you as far as Grosjean goes. Um, you know, I think the DHL obviously is flipping the bill for that. It's going to have a lot of say, and it really depends on what Michael has in store for the future of Grosjean. If he does eventually, whenever it is, whether it happens or not to make, um, that jump to Formula One. Does he keep him as maybe one of those F1 drivers to help out alongside Colton Herta? Does he bring him in and say, hey, we're not going to have you drive. But I'm going to pay you a pretty hefty penny uh, to be able to help me run this or you know, be on the box, call some strategy, do some engineering, help Colton if that's what ends up happening and who knows. I mean, we've been talking about it now for a year and a half and we haven't got any further than what we were a year and a half ago. Um, so it really just depends. Uh, but DHL, I think, was was out when Ryan Hunter Ray was leaving and they struck another deal by bringing in, um, you know, a global driver that people all over the globe know who he is. And he's obviously brought a lot more eyes to IndyCar. He's obviously brought a lot more popularity to IndyCar. And it's, it's kind of like when you fire your NFL coach mid season, it's like, okay, well, you know, maybe you don't do it because who else is going to be better out there. And you don't want to see, you don't want to see your ex-girlfriend, uh, with a better guy, right? Because you know if Grosjean gets dumped, some other team's going to say the international exposure we get, the ability to sell this driver, the major following that he has, um, you know, you, you, Michael may not want to see, may keep him so, on the sole fact that he doesn't want to see him end up at an Aero McLaren or end up, you know, I don't know, at a Meyer Shank or somewhere else. So um, I think it's a lot of, hey, I don't want to see him in any other colors but mine. Yeah, that's uh, that, uh, great, uh, you know, great insight, great analogy there. And, and we talked about the pavement and the uh, numerous accidents uh, that uh, that were had Friday and Saturday. Let's not forget um, Mark or uh, not Marcus Polo, but uh, Alex Polo had to go to a new car because he wrecked his. And look what he look how dominant he was. And kudos to uh, to the Iceman. Scott Dixon had to come all the way back from the back of the pack to almost podium. So I, I think, you know, we, we, uh, we kind of failed to uh, give kudos and credit there to uh, obviously both of those chip Ganassi drivers. They had to work uh, overtime this weekend. Uh, Chip's going to have a big bill for that, uh, but to get those cars put back together as they did. And uh, you know, uh, Scott Dixon, ice uh, are finding his way uh, back through the pack to finished fourth. And then obviously what, uh, what Alex Pillow did as well. Yeah, Dixon almost spoiled the top three party for me uh, as I was watching that race. I, I had, you know, Joseph was the last the last leg of that top three for me, uh, and I did not have 
I had a Dixon to win bet uh, that was small that he made on Thursday, but I knew he wasn't winning the race at that point. Uh, but he almost, he was on the, all over the back of Joseph at the end of that race. Uh, and I was, you know, watching that uh, and very close while I was obviously glued to the uh, Erickson Lungard battle. So yeah, Dixon did a very nice job uh, coming up through the field. That whole, I don't know if I missed you guys talking about uh, my boy power and, and the Dixon scrum, but um, that was interesting. And yeah, Dixon did what Dixon does and, and kind of mowed his way through the field. So, um, but yeah, that was, that was a nice drive by him. And he's, again, he's going to be strong in mid Ohio uh, in a week here to come. He's, he's just, he's been, he's going to be disappointed this year. He's uh, I think it's just uh, a lot for him to overcome. He's not, you know, he's not, he can't just rack up top fives now and, and get in the championship hunt. Maybe he can finish top three, but if he wants, if anybody wants to win the championship, they better start winning races. Yeah, and that's what we talked about earlier. You know, I don't want to say it's all wrapped up because we know how good Joseph is at places like Iowa where you have two races and uh, St. Louis, which is actually where I'm at right now. Um, with that being said, I mean, I want to go back to the Dixon power thing. I thought it was great. Um, whether you're a fan of Will Powers or not, you got to have a guy that speaks his mind. Call somebody a piece of crap like he did to Grosjean. Give Will Power the double birds. Guess what was on Sports Center on Saturday? Was that or on Friday? Was that Sports Center was talking about it? There was a link on ESPN.com. You don't get that by just unless it's the 500. You don't get that by any race weekend. So um, I thought it was funny that uh, when Will Power ripped the track and how bad the surface is that the track owner parked the uh, the sewage trailer that has all the, the, the sewage out in front, and then he moved it down to Dixon. So uh, that was certainly fun to watch. Uh, Road America, uh, and then we saw Dixon and Power kind of joking in, in, in driver introductions before the race. So um, I think Dixon made an honest mistake. I think he knew that Grosjean came through, was not told that there was two cars coming behind him, merged in, um, you know, was super – upset with himself you could tell and then obviously power gets in his face gives him a push and double bird um you know those are two veteran di drivers those are probably two of the best drivers of the last 25 years as we know if not the two best um and i'm glad that they worked it out and uh you know then then they asked dixon afterwards you know hey you were you were climbing on 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 pato there any any chance that you were going to get to him and get a little 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 little, little get back uh, after what happened uh, back earlier in the season. And he said, no, nah, I didn't think about that, but there will be a time and a place for that. So um, I like that there's maybe some form of rivalry building up. And as Scott Dixon said, there's a place and a time to have that rivalry and to uh, retaliate on, on different things. All right. So who, who you got in the octagon, Dixon or power? It's a tough one. I think Dixon takes them. Dixon's got the reach. Dixon's that quiet killer. I think so too. I think Will's a puppy dog. <laughs> there is that. Yeah, you know they don't call you know they don't call Dixon the Ice Man uh, for nothing. So I'm uh, I'm definitely going to be right there with uh, having Dixon there as well. But uh, let's take a look at the at the points, and then uh, Tony, I'll let you take care of a, a couple things and uh, give you uh, some time to uh, talk about a couple things that that you have going uh, over there on your end. Uh, but like we said, the aforementioned Alex Polo with a 74 point cushion. Uh, on uh, on his teammate uh, Marcus Erickson, uh, then it's Scott Dixon, uh, Joseph Newgarden, Ale Alexander Rossi, uh, Pato Award, Scott McLaughlin, Colton Herta, uh, Will Power, Christian Lungard ran out the top ten. Uh, Felix Rosenquist, Kyle Kirkwood, Roman Grosjean, Callum Eilat, Graham Rahal, Marcus Armstrong, David Malukas, Renus VK, Santino Ferrucci. Elio Castroneves, uh, Connor Daly, which obviously is going to be tough for him to uh, gather any more points, and uh, Takuma Sato, which uh, some news about uh, him as well. Uh, I don't think he's going to come as much a surprise to uh, anyone. Uh, Simon Pagino, Devlin DeFrancesca, uh, Augustin Campino, Jack Harvey, Benjamin Peterson, Stingray Rob, and Ryan Hunter Ray. So. That is your look at uh, the uh, the points there as they stand uh, with the. Uh, I think uh, what ten races or so uh, left uh, left to go. Um, let's get to some uh, news uh, items uh, that um, uh, have popped up here uh, within the last couple of days. I know one uh, that we were talking about, uh, Tony, before uh, before we came on air. Uh, a lot of talk now surrounding uh, Milwaukee and uh, maybe uh, IndyCar uh, being able to uh, make a trip back to Milwaukee. Um, anything that you can expand 
uh, on that, that, that you've heard from anybody within your inner circle there? Um, I think that when I talked to the track promoter from Milwaukee late last year, um, we discussed what it would take. And we had just learned that Milwaukee had gotten uh, a NASCAR truck race. Uh, there still needs some be some facility upgrades at Milwaukee. Um, you know, it, it sat empty for three or four years. And, we, you know, Mike doesn't know this because he lives in Florida. But, the you know, the winters in Wisconsin are brutal. Um, they can't, and if you, I don't know if you guys have ever been to Milwaukee, but the people that have will know this, the, the racetrack is actually at the Wisconsin state fairgrounds and you can't run a race during the fair because one, they use that area as parking and two, that was on a middle finger. That's supposed to be a two, uh, two, you have, um, the fact that the race sounds, the engines scare the livestock, uh, that are there for the state fair. So um, I think you had to see another good crowd at the truck race coming up this summer. Um, and Graham Rahal and I have had this discussion together for 10 years. If IndyCar brings in another oval, you have to support it. And Iowa has been great support because what else are you going to do in Iowa and high V sponsors that you see it in grocery stores? Gateway does a pretty good job of promoting um, Texas. You know, 25,000 people at Texas still looks empty facility racetrack. Um if you go to Milwaukee or let's say you bring back Michigan or Kansas, whatever track you want to go to, you know, fans have to show up and they have to sell tickets. They have to make money. You don't want a promoter to lose his ass because that's not going to keep IndyCar coming back. So I um, would love to see Milwaukee back. I don't think it's going to happen until bare minimum 2025. Um, but, yeah, um, I hope it happens. I'd love to see more ovals. Um, and I would like to see a few changes in the schedule. Uh, I think it would you know, I love the NASCAR doubleheader at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Maybe a couple more of those. Um, I wouldn't mind two races here at St. Louis like they had during the. Oh, there goes Tony. Yeah, I say uh, he just uh, just was talk, talking up uh, St. Louis and then they, they cut his Internet feed. But uh, while we wait on him to uh, come back, uh, Mike, is would there be. And, and I was going to ask Tony this: if if Milwaukee was to uh, was to be added, as I see uh, Tony's back with us, uh, but if Milwaukee was to be added, where would IndyCar subtract from? I, I had to actually Josh uh, asked me uh, this today that where would IndyCar subtract if Milwaukee would uh, would uh, find the schedule again? Where do you think they would subtract from? Uh, if the record I've been to the Milwaukee race back in the day, I, I've been to that track, wasn't impressed, honestly, thought it was kind of run down. Um, you know, I think they could do a way better job. It's the freaking land of cheese and beer. You know, you could do a ton of stuff there, craft breweries and food and drink. And yeah, I didn't think it was uh, super impressive. And the scheduling of it all is, is a big deal. Um, I'd love to see Homestead come back. I'd love for them to pair that like with the F1 weekend somehow maybe the next weekend the beginning weekend or maybe even somehow put it together like while you have all those people in town that'd be smart marketing in my opinion um what are you going to take away maybe one of the double headers the iowa race or something like that or um or maybe you know maybe just extend the schedule like you know you gotta you have summer to deal with you can't i still am not a big proponent of any car bringing races into the football season i think that's kind of dumb i feel like they should somehow find a way to finish the season um right before football starts and having weeks like this, where we have these gaps where we have off, like we, we, you know, there's, there's airplanes and car. I understand travel. And, but I feel like you could travel to these places and get these races. Like you have to keep momentum going. And I think like, you know, you should have races every weekend if, if at all possible, uh, there might be logistics that I'm, um, you know, I don't understand there, but, um, you know, to me, that seems like a smart thing to do. Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not sure you have to necessarily subtract any races. I think. Uh, I think the sweet spot is 18 to 22 race weekends. Um, I've been saying this about about the Iowa race, and they could do it here at St. Louis. They could even do it at Milwaukee. Um, if you and I'm uh, obviously, it, it's easy to spend somebody else's. If you could go to a John, or you can go and get a big sponsor where where everything's taken care of, and whatever you get at the gate is is more or is is just bonus. Why not run an IndyCar race? Have a doubleheader. Hear me out here. Doubleheader in Milwaukee, Thursday and Saturday nights, 
Thursday night. It's kind of a built for TV, have some kind of interactive experience with it um, and have it on big in it, there is nothing going on the week of that MLB All-Star game. You've got the Home Run Derby. You've got the MLB All-Star game on Tuesday. And baseball series typically don't start back up until Friday. Now, if you have a couple rain dates, maybe that Thursday, whatever. You have nothing but reruns on NBC and all the other major channels. Have a Thursday night made for TV, some kind of interactive type race um, where it's just fun. It's a better broadcast. It's interactive. Um, and then you really can get that TV audience to come in maybe on a Thursday that you wouldn't normally get and then say, hey, you like this? Awesome, because 48 hours from now, we're going to do it again. And maybe Saturday night you do something crazy where, you know, you re- you invert the top 10 finishers from Thursday night or, you know, whatever you do. Um, maybe you do that on a Thursday and Saturday night to say, hey, we've got this audience at NBC on Thursday night. I know it's summer and people are outside till 9 or 9.30 late. But if you can start that thing, Milwaukee's on central time. If you can start it at 8.30, you know, local time, 9.30, central, 9.30 Eastern, and have a race that runs to 11, um, maybe you get new people. Maybe you, maybe NBC looks at it as a billboard to promote Sunday night football's coming up in six weeks. Um, IndyCar again on Saturday. We've got, you know, whatever US PGA Open we've got coming up. Um, whatever it is, um, I think that's a, that would be a great thing to do is just try it on a Thursday night, whatever you get at the gate, you get at the gate, but it's paid for, you get enough sponsors and it's kind of a made for TV type thing, uh, to maybe draw on a new audience that wouldn't normally see IndyCar on the weekends. Yeah. People thought football was crazy. The Mac and all that Maction Tuesdays, Thursdays, you know, NFL can't do yeah, anybody, everybody complains about the NFL being on Thursday, but the ratings for those Thursday night games are through the freaking roof. Amazon's making billions. The NFL's making billions off of it. Like, it doesn't have to be Sunday. Pick a day during the week, run night races. Like, you know, the the football, the lower division two fo- or the you know, the lower division one conferences did it for eyes, and it's done it's done wonders for all of them and their programs um, going forward. So yeah, you gotta get you gotta think outside the box. And Big Ten, football you, you know what? Fantastic. You know what? I- I'm going to expand on on Tony's idea. This seems to me this is the only league racing that doesn't have a all-star race. Why don't you make one of those races at Milwaukee an all-star race? Like you do, you used to have Charlotte would be the all-star race, and then following that would be the, the Coca-Cola 600. Why can't you do something like that? And plus two, I've been calling for more night races because I think some of these cars – the liveries and i know uh tony put a lot of uh uh uh, polls out on different liveries of cars i think some of these liveries would be amazing under the lights at night and there's zero night races right now we got lucky with gateway last year gateway would have been a snooze fest if that stayed under the lights uh my dream would be a thursday night if we want to make it an all-star race make it an all-star race do some throwback liveries uh, have some throwbacks to the 80s and 90s, those cars I remember as a kid, um, and just have some fun with it and and, and have eye-popping liveries. Look, Aaron McLaren's one of the most popular teams. They have consistent eye-popping liveries. Whether you like them or not, they catch your eye, they catch your attention. Throw some lime green out there. Give me some more orange and baby blue. Those are the that that really pops, especially for the younger generation. You see, you see that car that pops. And it's, it's, you know, Simon Pagino's Menard's car when he won the 500 was absolutely perfect. I mean, you knew where it was, you knew who it was, and it was the same car consistently every weekend. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I'm all for it. Let's sign me up for it every, every day of the week. Yeah, you do some sprint races too. I mean, you know, F1 does it, but attention, attention spans for younger people are shorter. Uh, from a gambling perspective, it's more to bet on. You can lose your money on the first race, the first t- uh, the first twenty lap sprint race. You lost your money, boom! You fire back up for the, ne- the round two. Um, you know, and these guys, for the most part, they keep these cars pretty clean. They can they can run uh, you know three separate twenty lap sprint races at an oval or even at a road course, um, and and do different things with the field. And you could watch guys move through the field. And um, I think that'd be uh, that'd be something else they could try. 
Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, I, I think we have some great ideas. Uh, hopefully, uh, uh, the uh, NTT IndyCar series will uh, take a, a listen. If they don't listen to anything else, uh, listen to the ideas that are being thrown out here, and uh, let's see what uh, what happens. But one last piece of news I want to get to uh, before I let uh, Tony kind of talk about some of the projects he has uh, going on uh, over there on his side. Uh, it was announced uh, Takuma Sato is going to uh, continue doing the ovals. Uh, for uh, Chip Ganassi Racing for the rest of the year. I don't think this comes as a uh, big surprise uh, to uh, to anyone. I just, uh, just announced today. So um, we'll see more of uh, Takuma Sato, obviously, uh, at, uh, at St. Louis there. And um, and then uh, I think what's the – St. Louis is the only oval we, ha- we have left, if I, memory serves me correct, right? Two at Iowa. Uh, okay, that's right. Yep, Iowa as well. So uh, that come out today as well. Uh, Tony, I know you have some great things that are happening over there on on your side of town. There, I know you have a uh, app that is absolutely popping. Um, let you talk about that, and then I know the great things that are going on uh, with you and everyone else involved with uh, Burnout Sports and uh, Burnout Bets with uh, Mike as well. So uh, I'm gonna sit back and uh, listen to uh, the great things you have going on. Uh, yeah, thanks for that. Um, no, the Fans Place app, something that I hopped on with. Uh, a few months ago, it's super cool. It's it's uh, it's a free sports prediction app for people to play. Uh, the T-shirt shop, which I'm repping, the, the shop in Broad Ripple in Indy uh, has awesome Indianapolis 500 shirts, some throwback driver shirts. has helped us out with some prizes. We give away cash. We give away uh, tokens to be used. Uh, so be sure to check that out. Uh, Mike and I every week, um, sometimes we can't hop on uh, because, one, there's – there we go. Mike's got it. We love that. Thank you. Um you know, we also do awesome stuff with burnout bets, as, as Mike has pointed out. Sometimes we don't get to the uh, Twitter spaces because, one, I'm out in the middle of nowhere uh, at, at a lot of these racetracks. Two, uh, Mike's a busy dad with, with, with his kids that are awesome swimmers. So, um, But we always post our card. Mike always gives you what he's looking at, what he likes, what he doesn't like. Um, and you'll see that uh, always retweeted on burnout bets uh, and on his Twitter account that I'll, that he, that I'll let him talk about as well. Um, and yeah, I'm in Gateway right now. Actually, we're in Indy Next Test tomorrow. Um, I have Kiffin Simpson as my driver tomorrow. Was in Iowa two weeks ago for the test with uh, Nolan Siegel, who just made a surprise appearance on the show because we're all staying at the same hotel with HMB Motorsports. So uh, yeah, it's been super cool. Looking forward to it. And uh, we'll be at Mid Ohio. We'll be at Iowa. We'll be at St. Louis. We'll be at Nashville. We'll be at Indy. And we'll be at Portland. So uh, we got to get we got to get Mike convinced to come up to Iowa. Hopefully that works out uh, in his in his planning looking good all right i got a live fans place for the streak pick i gotta make here i'm currently at a streak of zero so we gotta get so i got mlb wednesday cubs hendrix at pirates hill who wins i'm going pirates Ooh, i was gonna say cubs all right pirates it is home team <laughs> start pirates. that streak right, we'll, see, we'll see how my my streak goes i i have a lot of uh i have a lot of indycar and f1 and racing and golf top fives in the fans place app it's a ton of fun to play so i i would agree with tony i encourage everybody download the app you can do it anywhere um even in faraway places like florida and uh and it's fun to play these contests as long as i'm consistently beating tony that's really all i do is i scroll down to see where tony is and if my name's ahead of his i'm like all right sweet and then i'll maybe talk some crap and give him a text here and there i changed my username just just for that reason I, see, I need to figure yeah. out who you are now. See, now we're gonna have to have a conversation, a side talk. So I, I know, uh, I know who you are, so I can make sure that I'm, uh, I'm maintaining my place above you. See, I put my name out there because I make sure I do, you know, I do well on these things. I'll, I'll take the criticism if I do, if I, if I fail. But it's all game theory. It's fun. Uh, you nail some picks. It's, uh, it's, it's a good, it's a fun little app. And there's a ton, man. I can't. I sometimes I start scrolling through. There's a ton of contests. It's a cool thing. I've never done one of the actual in-person bar ones. One of these days. I'll have to hook up with Tony and go to one of the in-person things that they do with the the fans place apps, or maybe they'll one will pop up in in Tampa, Florida here. But um, yeah, cool thing to do. Uh, definitely, definitely uh, recommend it. Yeah, thanks for that. Uh, yeah, we'll get one in Tampa. Maybe we'll get that one bar that you and I went to, Mahoffers. <laughs> but, I don't know if they have Wi-Fi. Might not work. <laughs> that true. Um, if you get ten in a row, you know we we give you a street question every day. You get ten in a row. Uh, we send you 100 bucks straight to your Venmo, your PayPal, GPay, whatever you have. You get 20 in a row, uh, we'll send you $1,000. So it's super fun. We've got an awesome contest. And, 
Mike loves playing on it. Um, my username is now Indie1994. So now you can scroll back through and see and see if you've beat me on any of those. I've not had a couple good days, that's for sure. Uh, Tony, I know outside of, of the uh, the fans' place there, uh, you also have uh, Burnout Sports and and Burnout Bets. I know you got a lot of great uh, content uh, over there as well. Uh, anybody or anything you want to uh, talk about uh, on on that site? Yeah, well, first, Derek, thanks for having us on and and and, and always promoting Mike and what he's doing um, and what we're doing as well. We we, we always uh, appreciate and and love with everybody which some people in the media is, is i'm sure you've seen on my twitter account don't always don't always agree um but yeah check out the indie boys as well they're 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 a younger uh, they're a younger generation of, of fans that, that that look at the look at the series a little bit differently uh, than maybe we do as as you know a little bit of the older i guess middle-aged generation or whatever you want to call us you know they're they're 18 19 20 years old um and they do a great they do great work as well but um you know, Mike, Mike more than me has been really good at pretty much nailing everything, as you just mentioned. I mean, he hit all of his matchups. He hit the podium. He hit the winner. Um, and that's not just something that was a fluke at Road America. I mean, this has been consistently all season. Um, and him and I, we have no problems disagreeing and kind of talking through it and 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 seeing which driver we like and we're seeing which driver we don't like. Um, so if, if 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 you turn into our burnout bets, whether you're you're, you're following us or following Mike at Indy underscore Bet on Twitter or listening to our um, our Twitter conversations. If you walk away losing money, you probably didn't listen to what we had to say. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And and if Josh was here, uh, he's been uh, uh, on the winning side of things as well lately by uh, listening to not only uh, you but uh, but Mike as well. So uh, definitely go and check that out if you have not uh, already. Uh, if you are, if you're in the business, and I hope you are. Of of winning cash and and having and enjoying it while you're doing it, uh, definitely check out uh, the uh, content that both Tony and Mike are putting out on the betting side of things, uh, fellas. I, I think that uh, that does it uh, for this episode. Uh, huge thank you uh, to you both, uh, Tony and Mike, for uh, coming on. Uh, I know. You know, uh, Mike, we kind of stretched you out there uh, a little bit, but uh, I don't think you seem to mind that at all. Uh, Tony, as always, uh, you know that uh, you are always more than welcome to uh, come on here. And and something I haven't told you, believe it or not, uh, an inspiration for starting this is actually uh, you and your passion uh, for IndyCar, uh, believe it or not. So uh, you are a huge part of what we're doing here. And uh, so uh, I definitely thank you for that. But uh, again, gentlemen, a huge thank you for both for uh, joining us this evening and uh, we'll be back uh, from one week's time uh, to preview uh, mid-Ohio I know we're going to have a lot going on uh, Tony I believe you said you were going to be there and then uh, Mike will hit the uh, betting aspect of mid-Ohio as well so uh, for myself uh, Tony Mike Josh and everyone else that makes this possible here on the push to pass podcast we will talk to you in one week's time <laughs>